0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Grace and peace you from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. What does it mean to love? We see love talked about and depicted in many movies. Uh, Our society defends almost every action on the basis of it being loving. Let kids and adults choose what they want to do with their bodies because that is the loving thing to do. It doesn't matter if it mutilates them or harms another human being. It doesn't matter if it's fantasy or a lie. If you do not agree, then you are unloving. Love is defined in our culture by desires and wants. Love is conceived of as an emotion and as affection. It's often equated with attraction. And yet, contrary to this definition, love is often depicted as long lasting and stable, as being. emotions are not constants. Emotions go up and down, they change. No mother or father always feels loving toward their children. Sometimes they're very angry with their children. Sometimes they feel hurt. Sometimes they feel cold. After all, he's done it again. They're tired of it. loving feelings, affectionate feelings, feelings of closeness are not the same thing as true genuine love. We should not equate them. Instead, we should ask what does love do? For love is an action. It sacrifices of oneself for another and it is committed, a decision to act in sacrifice. We see this in our text today from Romans 12, and it feeds into a discussion of how best to translate this passage. Strictly speaking, there are only nine commands in this passage, although it looks like 31 in English. But because 19 of the verb forms are verbs that normally do not stand alone in Greek, that is, they depend on other verbs, it creates a challenge for translators. The question really is, what is the intent? And the point here is that the Holy Spirit isn't giving a list of to-dos. He's telling us what love Looks like. He's describing what love does. And he starts off by saying, Love is genuine. It's not false or hypocritical. The love of this world is hypocritical. It says one thing, like your body is important and you can do with it as you want, but then it allows and even advocates harming someone else's body if you think it's in your interests. that's why we often ask people who say my body my choice what about the baby's body true love does not have a false front or a false face to it rather love is always clinging to what is good and despising what is evil it does not say it's okay for you to do evil, but it's not okay for you. It does not promote some doing wrongs and injustice and holding others responsible for their evils. Nor is it only given to people you like. True love is given to and for your enemies. There's no favoritism with true love. But perhaps to the surprise of many, true love does hate. Now what do I mean by saying that? Well, several weeks ago we dived into the word hate in Scripture and how we cannot always understand it as hostility or enmity. And there are places where our English word hate accurately captures the meaning of the Greek our Hebrew word. Verse 9 of Romans 12 is one such place. We have a Greek word that only appears here in Scripture. And it means to hate violently or to abhor. English translations vary on whether they use the word hate or abhor. And I note all this so that we're clear on what God is saying here about love. Love is Poses evil. It cannot stand evil because evil is the absence of good. Evil stands in opposition to what is good and love wants what is good for all people. And what is good? This is where the second divide comes with our culture over what love is. We live in a time and place where good and evil are considered subjective. That is, everyone gets to define right and wrong themselves. Or each community defines right and wrong. We live in a time and place where you are not supposed to tell someone else that they are wrong. It's considered rude or offensive. There's no objective right and wrong. There's no standard for good and evil, because people reject the truth that we confess. God is judge. Christ Jesus is the judge. True love does not look to the standards of man to define love. True love doesn't look to our hearts and what comes out of them. No, true love looks to God to define right and wrong. True love looks to the author and source of goodness and life himself. In his word, we see that there is much in this world to which we should cling, and much we should hate or abhor. Many, many lists could be made, but to state things simply, we should protect and value people's lives, uphold marriage, families, and the blessings therein. Protect people's possessions and income. Preserve their reputation. and Not desire what is not ours, but rejoice with our neighbor in God's blessings to them. Outside of God's vengeance over sin and his fatherly discipline, that which takes away or destroys these is wrong. Evil. Love guards these gifts and stands against the one who acts apart from God's justice to destroy them. Parents do this with their children. They handle disputes and return stolen toys, aid an injured child while dealing out consequences to the child or children who did wrong, and teach their children to respect the boundaries of, and the gifts that have been bestowed on another. It's not love for the offender or the victim to let someone get away with doing evil. Nor is it love to deal out a greater punishment than warranted. No, love means upholding and doing what is good, and teaching what is good and evil is a special role of parents. Now if we look further in this chapter, we'll see that love means regarding one another here as family. Caring for each other in their needs, comforting them in their sorrow, rejoicing with one another in the blessings that God gives. Love does not delay or waffle around waiting to act. Love is constantly sacrificing. Think of the example of the mom who gives so much for her children, who's not idle, but busy caring for her kids, giving her time and energy to serve them. Love is active. And yet love looks to and depends on the Lord. Love seeks the Lord's help and looks to his deliverance in trust and hope. Love persists even in, when there is trouble, think of the example of the Father who remained faithful to the Lord and who continued to worship and trust in Him in spite of various troubles, pain, or any other difficulty. Such love extends outward from the family of God, even outside our regular vocations. Verse 13 speaks. Of showing hospitality. Which deals with loving strangers. And verse 14 clearly moves to those. Who oppose God's people. And set themselves up as enemies. Love does not limit itself to only some people. It reaches beyond to others. To all. This is where things can get tricky. We sometimes refuse things for our kids because we know them. And in love, we're not going to let them have another bowl of ice cream. They've had enough candy and treats already. But we know little about the stranger. So what do you do? Sometimes to love the stranger means to spend more time with them than otherwise. Will this really help them? Or will it hinder them from learning to love others? The admonition of Paul is to not feed the man who isn't willing to work. Why? Why is this Paul's admonition? Because it's not loving to support such a one in his idleness. Because love is not idle. 2 Thessalonians 3, 10 through 12. Yet there's also the expectation that we will share with those who are in need, who do need help, who can't work. That's why the thief is to forsake stealing and do honest labor with his own hands so that he has something to share with those in need. Ephesians 4.28. And here in Romans, we're told to give food and drink to our enemy who needs it. Sometimes with the stranger, you cannot tell what will truly help them. After a little time on the phone with someone, I once offered to help him with a portion of the rent help For which he was asking. The church ultimately was giving him this help. And the the individual was so very thankful. And I put the check outside for him to come and grab. in, In a place that he would know about. And the next day I came out and I found that the check was still there. And there was a message on the machine thanking me for the help and saying that he opted rather to go into rehab and get himself clean again. I know nothing more about him, and I pray he got the real help that he needed. I did not know what it was. Love isn't about giving everyone or anybody what they want or they think they need. Sinners that we are, we think we need money, more stuff, better health, more of this or that. We think the best things are those that make us happy or the things that give us any sort of pleasure or good time. But the Lord knows better. He knows what we truly need. We need things set right with Him. We need our shame removed, our sins forgiven, and our fears addressed. We need God to act for us. And he did. Jesus Christ came in the flesh and overcame the powers and forces against us. He conquered evil by responding to it with goodness. He sacrificed himself for you and me. He put his goodness forward before the emptiness of evil and it could not stand. He routed our enemies with his great loving sacrifice. But not only that, he removed your sin and mine. He paid the price and set you free. He brought you true forgiveness through his blood shed, through taking your place and mine. He bore the shame of what you and I done he took it upon himself so that you and I would be restored he honored us by giving his life by sacrificing himself for you and me here is the fullest expression of love Jesus dying for you and me what Paul describes here Jesus has fulfilled and done And this leads us to walk in his footsteps as more than conquerors. For this is how we are able to love others. How we're able to sacrifice for even our enemies. Paul says in verse 21, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. How? Because Jesus conquered The evil against us and the evil inside of us with His goodness. He loved us and sacrificed for us and won. Jesus overcame, which means the evil, the hatred, the persecution that we face, the enemies against us, have already been defeated. We do not have to conquer or overcome ourselves. We don't have to beat evil. Christ Jesus has already won the victory. This means we can stand in that confidence, doing good and acting in love, even as we are mistreated or harmed, even as we are wronged or have little to give. This means we can trust the Lord to set things right and to get justice Where it needs to happen. It means. We do not have to assure. Justice is done. In all circumstances. But can look to the Lord to act. And trust that. He will do what is good. And right. Thus. I can look toward the greater good. Of my neighbor. This. Is that I can serve my enemy and meet his needs and keep burning coals on his head which is not an act of vengeance but a call for him to repent this is what happened to King Saul who tried to kill David when David acted kindly toward him and it's what our Lord of love wants for those who are doing wrong. Doesn't want their death, but their repentance. So in love and out of love, we love, calling them to repent by doing good to them. This is how Christ overcame your evil and mine. He did good. He served you and me. He gave of himself. You were restored and rescued. You were and still are delivered from your sin and evil. Does this mean we never respond to evil with force? We'll wait until next week to further unpack that question as we follow the thought and argument of Paul here. For now, we focus on God's great love given to sinners, his victory that overcomes sin, his victory given to you in the blessed waters of baptism, his victory celebrated and given at his table, his victory bestowed upon you. Christ has overcome. And through him you have overcome, for he has made you his own in baptism, and he feeds you at his table. You not only have been blessed, you stand blessed. For in Christ, God has loved you even above his own life. He has overcome your evil and replaced it with his goodness, righteousness, and exceedingly great pure love. So that you live and walk in him. Peace to God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.